Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, January the 25th in 2021 on When I Rise. We're currently in year B, the fourth Sunday after Epiphany. We're going to start the week as we always do in the Old Testament text for the week. And this week, the Old Testament text is Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. So allow me to read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, then we'll spend our time praying along its theme. So thanks for making this party morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. This accords with what happened at Horeb in the day of the assembly. You asked the Lord your God, Please do not make us hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore, or see this great fire anymore, lest we die. Then the Lord said to me, What they have said is good. I will raise up a prophet like you for them from among their fellow Israelites. I'll put my words in his mouth, and he will speak to them whatever I command. I will personally hold responsible anyone who then pays no attention to the words that the prophet speaks in my name. But if any prophet presumes to speak anything in my name that I have not authorized him to speak, or speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. This is the word of God for us. Surely we've heard the expression, it's hard to keep the band together. And I think we've seen this in life where there's a band that makes a really good first album and then the second one's not so good, we call it like the sophomore slump, right? Or we are the favorite team that we love and they go out and win a championship and we think, oh man, this is looking up, we're going to be good again this next season. But it's hard even with the same players to keep the same magic going because now you're not just going for a championship, but you're trying to defend it. And there's like petty arguments that break out and there's, you know, people who are at odds with one another on the team. And it's true. It's hard to keep something good together. And I think that's just that just shows us how fragile life can be, that whenever we experience something truly good and deep and wholesome, that we have to like don't assume that it's going to happen again and again, but to embrace it in that moment and enjoy it for all that it is, because we have no idea what can we project into the future. Perhaps this is what's going on in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law. The name Deuteronomy is the second law. Deutero and Namas, second law. And so here is the second telling of Israel's story from the time they left Egypt as they wandered through the wilderness and and are brought to the edge of the wilderness into the promised land. And so there must be some concerns, right? I mean, Moses has been the great leader. He's led them out of Egypt. He's been the one who's been in the middle of all of the intercession before God. He's been there in their vulnerable times and been there in times of blessing. And so perhaps at some point there was like this murmuring in the camp, like, what's going to happen after Moses is gone? I mean, should we start getting one of his kids to be next in line and ready for this? Or maybe one of the Levites, some of Aaron's family to be ready to take care of us. And so God, who's always wanting to take care of our needs and to fulfill his promises, um, begins to engage with Moses and the people of Israel. It harkens back to a time when Moses was getting the ten words out Matt Horeb, and then there was this covenant ceremony between the people of Israel and God, where God is asking if Israel is serious about their commitment. 
And there's this great theophany, just an outward display of God. And it was um, earth shattering. I mean, it was, there was rumbling in the mountain. There was smoke that filled up around it. And so the people, were, you know, obviously were scared to approach that mountain. And so they're asking, give us somebody else. Give us somebody else between us and God if Moses ever passes away. And so here God comes uh, to their defense. And uh, he says, yes, I'll continue to raise up prophets in my name. Now, it's important to note that when Jews read this text, uh, they might read a little bit differently than we do. Uh, but this is obviously something that's working in the background, particularly when you look at Matthew chapter 5 through 7, where Jesus is giving a great sermon from a mount. And it really does mirror what Moses does with the people of Israel in the wilderness. Uh, God speaks through Jesus and he gives a law and an ethic to his people. And so for the Christian reader, we look back to Deuteronomy 18 and we say, this is what God was talking about. Someone who resembles Moses, but is greater than Moses is going to be given by God to show us the way. And so Jesus is the great fulfillment of that. And so we have like, you know, this uh, warning from God towards the end of this text uh, where you need to listen to prophets because God will raise up prophets, uh, people who point the way, who truth tell and uh, who speak on behalf of God. But you also know, like here in verse 19, it says, I will personally hold responsible anyone who then pays no attention to the words that prophet speaks in my name. But then there's a warning in verse 20 about someone who prophesies falsely. I think this is important because whenever a prophet comes among us, it truly is an awe-inspiring season of life. We, we feel close to God. Uh, we feel like we're hearing God's voice. And there's always a temptation for the people of God then to repeat that and to always see if we can find some prophet in waiting who can uh, prophesy, who can speak the truth, who can draw us continually closer to God. You know, God does whatever he wants. If he wants to draw us close for a season and then see what we do when the word of God isn't as uh, plentiful as it was in another season, God can totally do that. And so there are certainly times where the, the church is tempted to like take matters into our own hands and for people to act like prophets, even though they may not be fully commissioned by God. So what shall we say? Um, I think we should just go back to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians. He says, seek the greater gifts, but also seek the way of love. And so as we love God and as we love others, we can know that God will inspire, he will impress, he will whisper things to us, he will reveal things as he, as he wills. But that love for God and love for people should not be in negotiation with or without the gift of prophecy among us. And so uh, we look at Paul's admonition to the church in the Thessalonians. You know, don't neglect uh, the spirit of prophecy. Cling to what is good and uh, avoid all that is evil. And so let's welcome the gift of prophecy among us, knowing that God speaks to us because that's part of God's tender nature as Father. It is to lead his people. And so I want us to just be open for God to speak to us and God for to speak through prophets in the church today, but not be angsty if there are times and seasons where it seems like God is on mute and where's the remote? And have you checked under every cushion? I mean, come on now. Because God will speak again. So let's spend some time praying together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're a God who leads. You're the, you're the God who's ahead of us, and you pull us forward into a greater and greater faithfulness. I thank you that you've already got a story, and it's unfolding in front of us. And page after page, season after season, you reveal who you are. 
I thank you that you're the unchanging God, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I thank you that as you've sent prophets among your people, that you send truth tellers again. And so God, we pray for an openness to the gift of prophecy. Uh, may we not be... Uh, maybe not be offended by those who claim to have a word from the Lord, but I pray that you'd allow us to hear what the prophets are saying and we can cling to what is good and avoid uh, maybe something that's missed in those prophetic words. But I thank you, God, that you also tell us not to hunger and thirst for prophecy, but to hunger and thirst for the way of love. And so God, amid all of that, all those commands and all that nuance, I pray that you would give the spirit of prophecy to your church. I pray that uh, there would be dreams, there would be visions, there would be impressions during prayer, uh, that there would be uh, words spoken from God and there would be confirmation. But I pray that with the spirit of prophecy, there would be a great humility among the church. God, we resist uh, this uh, projecting and taking matters into our own hands that happens in the church at times. God, we pray that you'd forgive, particularly in this season of American Christianity, where people prophesy false things about the election. And um, it, because of that, your name became a byword. God, we know that people were just excited and we know that they wanted something so bad that they felt like it was from you. And so God, I pray that you would teach us to be humble in the gift. And I pray that you would uh, allow us to plead for mercy and that you would give mercy for the times in which we have not led people truly, but we've led people from a false spirit. And so God, uh, may our songs and our artwork and our conversations and the plans that we make, may it have uh, the gift of prophecy within it because we seek to know you and we do believe the promise of scripture which says those who live in the spirit will keep in step with the spirit and that we will know the shepherd's voice as he leads us. So God, speak to us. We are eager to hear you this morning. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.